Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast. Thank you all for tuning back in. Thank you all for a great 2022. This is uh, one of the newer episodes of 2023, my first solo of 2023. Uh, Like it's an adult film, right? Solo scene that we're doing here. Um, In all honesty, this is um, another follow-up episode on the Russian Cosmism stuff. This is focusing more on the hive mind technology and what's involved with that aspect of Cosmism. I told you I'd be doing a few episodes on the Cosmist movement uh, dating back quite some time ago. I mean, before the 1900s rolled around, right? Um, So I'm not, even though I'm going to be doing more episodes on this topic, they're not all going to be, you know, one after another. Um, I'm going to take a couple episode break after this. I've got some stuff that I want to look into with the number 33, why that's so significant. Uh, there was a, a follower on my Instagram, Dangerous World Pod, um, that asked someone else, um, you know, what's the significance of 32 and 33? Obviously, 33 being the big one. And I didn't see them reply. So I was going to get on there, just kind of take it upon myself to talk about that. I don't know if that'll be an intro to like a Monday Night Master Debaters or if that will be uh, a full, you know, hour and a half, two hour long episode or whatever. I want to do that. And then I want to talk also about the significance of like math and music, specifically from this um, Donald Duck video, Uh, as funny as that sounds kind of blew my mind when I watched this thing it was uh it's an old cartoon obviously everyone's familiar with Donald Duck but it's an old old one and um they break some things down that I haven't heard anyone fucking talk about it was really really interesting stuff so some stuff like that some CIA ties in media and things like that so I'm not gonna beat this dead horse too much when it comes to the Russian cosmism but um the most interesting aspect of it other than the reviving or the uh, reanimation of the dead is this hive mind stuff. And there's plenty of stuff to talk about. A lot of people have done stuff like this, but I think I've got some fresh content here. Some things that you guys have definitely not heard of. Going to be talking about the sentient world simulation, that SWS that I mentioned, uh, and its newer name, the SEAS, the Synthetic Environment for Analysis and simulations, okay, same thing, coming out of Purdue University, uh, they just evolved the name from what I understand, um, this is digital witchcraft, is what we're talking about here, I'm going to be talking about that, um, going to talk about how Starlink plays a role, a little bit of how Neuralink plays a role too, those two go hand in hand, um, then I'm going to be talking about some United Nations organizations in the Global Goals Project that are teaming up to help bring this hive mind to fruition. 
You've heard of some of them, so I'm not going to beat the dead horse again when it comes to like Bill and Melinda Gates, Google, uh, Salesforce, UNICEF, MasterCard. There's only a couple there that I'm going to spend a little bit of time on. Um, And then I will probably end this whole thing with some shit about cell phones because cell phones, I think, after learning more about this, seem to be the gradual integration into this world of a hive mind. And I think that they really mastered the frequencies of cell phones. We all know the, the shit about the TVs, how the TVs were, you know, created initially to be a mind control device. Cell phones operate off that same frequency, if not a stronger one. And um, there's obviously a, a connectivity uh, advantage when it comes to cell phones. So I think this is incredibly interesting. I hope that you guys too, uh, if you want to support the work over here at Dangerous World Podcast, the easiest way is going to uh, patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast. I plug it every episode. The support there really does help a lot. Um, what else? The store is remodeled and is live. You can go to Dangerous World Podcast, not Dangerous World Store. I decided to make it a little simpler, simply just Dangerous World Podcast, and it is on my link tree in my Instagram if you have any issues remembering that. The link tree has all the good stuff there, so um, that one-stop little shop for everything. So I appreciate you guys, and there's some dope designs up there, uh, if I do say so myself. I ordered myself some samples. Those will be coming in any time here, and I'll let you guys know the quality of those. And I'll be honest, if the if the quality shit, I'll just go back to printing these things myself. But no one wants that. No one wants to wait four fucking months for a damn T-shirt, okay? That costs twenty bucks. I can see, you know, paying thousands of dollars and having to wait a while. This isn't like that. I feel like uh, Elon Musk with Starlink, right? Bring this full circle. I feel like him charging people and then just not getting people their products uh, quickly at all. So that won't be an issue anymore. But anyway, that's not what you came here to hear about. I just got to do my housekeeping up front. And I appreciate you guys, okay? Thanks for supporting the show. Now, I want to start off talking about the SWS, the Sentient World Simulation, okay? I don't know if you guys have heard of Eric Schmidt. He's a former Google CEO. And he says, we know where you are. We know where you've been. We can more or less know what you're thinking. And throughout this episode, I'm going to prove that he's not just flexing. He's actually being honest when he says this. This seems like a very scary thing to say, and it sounds kind of fake to most people. And then there's the other people out there that, you know, some of my loved ones are like this. I think this is a very ignorant way to think. When you hear that, a lot of people say, well, who cares? Who cares if you know where I've been? Who cares if you know what I'm thinking? Who cares if you're collecting my data and using it to, whether it be power some behemoth company, corporation like Amazon, or if it's to uh, make sure that you're not up to anything bad, right? The analogy that I used a long time ago when I had my very lovable liberal co-host, my cousin Brandon, um, the, the analogy that I used where it kind of clicked with him a little bit was when you're a kid, you don't want your mom or your dad just barging into your room when you have the door closed, right? You, you appreciate them knocking, right? Even though you may not be beaten off in there, you may not be uh, you know, doing anything evil or dirty, right? You're just sitting there being a kid doing your thing. Um, you appreciate the knock, right? You don't want someone just being able to come in and have that free will over your data or over whatever you're doing. 
So a lot of people don't know this. And when they find out their go-to reaction is who cares, I think a lot of people should care. And a lot of intelligent people and not like book smart, intelligent, just common sense, smart people care about this. This is not a good situation. Data is the most powerful asset in the world. Now, I've got a clip for you right off the bat here, and this uh, this video, or this episode, I should say, is going to be very, uh, not clip-heavy, but we're going to have a few different clips here. Um, there's actually going to be an eight-minute-long Starlink video. I don't remember if I mentioned that or not. Um, eight-minute-long Starlink video, and if you want to, you can skip through that when it comes up. I will be uh, doing a little commentary, okay, which everyone likes. But this first clip here is Harold Kautz Vella, V-E-L-L-A, if you want to look him up. Um, this guy talks about AI a lot. He talks about transhumanism. He talks about how this new technology that's being worked on is working to override human DNA. And this is 100% real stuff. It sounds like sci-fi. I think that we I've already shown quite a bit. Uh, I've provided links. I've provided the information to show that this is absolutely real stuff. That is being perfected uh, before it's, you know, integrated in fully into society. I think it's slowly being kind of trickled in right now. Um, but Harold Kautz Vela talks about DNA and kind of how it works and how it's based off frequency and all this other stuff. And this will tie into what I'm talking about at the end of the episode as well um, with like cell phones and how the cell phones have really been used uh, and weaponized for this whole agenda. So here is Mr. Kautz Vela. Uh, talking about uh, his bullshit here with the DNA. So this is all done by, by this DNA. There's a new field of research. They realized that the base pairs can be mounted into a chain in a way that functions like a computer, like a logical element. And this is some, if you visualize this, it's like, like the old method with telephones. Uh, when you were dialing with sound. Um, every bass pair has a, own, has a resonance frequency. It's somewhere in the terahertz range. And if you hit the right frequency, it is opening, like a conductor, conducting, uh, light conducting unit. Um, and if you have a chain of these bass pairs that react on different frequencies, you need a... Um, a sequence of sounds to open all the fragments to make the entire thing conductive. So it goes like do 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 do, and then the next part of the genetic thing is activated to either produce light or to produce poison. And this is something beautiful uh, out of their view of the world because if you bring this RNA or DNA into the human body, you can kind of take a radio signal and activate it from outside to produce any substance you want or to produce any light you want. Light is emotion, light is thought, light is everything. Everything we sense as experience. As an ins So he's basically saying, you know, you can create anything with with this technology. You can remove uh, you can you can basically do anything with the right technology. And we have different terms that I'm going to run through here, different types of goo specifically that have to do with this whole transhumanist agenda, right? We hear about the black goo a lot. Um, there's this idea of the gray goo theory, 
um, which is a great goo theory. It's a um, just a, a quick definition here offline. A nightmarish scenario of nanotechnology in which out-of-control self-replicating nanobots destroy the biosphere by endlessly producing replicas of themselves and feeding on materials necessary for life. The term was coined by an American engineer, Eric Drexler, in his book, Engines of Creation, back in 1986. Now, while that clip was playing, I found um, a little bit more on uh, Mr. Harold uh, Kautz Vela. And I don't know if it's Vela or Via. Um, I'm just saying Vela because he's a German guy. German researcher, uh, HKV, we'll we'll give him the AOC treatment. German researcher... um, HKV is one of those rare beings who can weave together both the spiritual, metaphysical, and the scientific. He started to look uh, at topics of AI, chemtrails, Morgellons, smart dust, and nanotechnologies while looking at environmental protection analysis and, quote, came across a number of substances that shouldn't have been in nature because they're 100% artificial and they are high-tech. And there is no other reason to have them in the environment apart from intent. It's kind of interesting, right, to, to hear that. And not the best one, uh, let's put it this way. And not the best one, let's put it this way. So not the best intent is what they're getting at here. Now, this is where we will get into these different types of goo. But this is an interesting little article. I'll actually post the link here. This is from, um, uh, holy shit, Randithum? I'll just post the link. It, it talks about... Um, the Great Reset to the Robot Planet, uh, the Mandela Effect, and how this ties in. And I kind of touched on that a little bit, right? Um, and I'll touch on it a little bit more in this episode uh, further down here. Um, what else? The 5G and the Wi-Fi of Earth, climate engineering. So chemtrails, 5G, um, all this stuff, the Mandela Effect, freaking CERN, all this shit has a lot to do with each other. And it's interesting, too, in this article... They show that future strategic issues and warfare circa 2025 that Matt from The Great Deception and I talked about. Uh, Matt had come across this presentation from NASA, uh, shit, last year sometime. And we went through almost every slide and we talked about the bots, Borgs, and humans welcoming you to 2025. All this stuff. Um, But there is a section here which talks about these different goos. And it talks about how luciferase is in the vaccines. Pretty interesting little thing here. I obviously don't have time to read through the whole thing um, and then give you the information on the article, so I'll just share the link. But these different types of goo, other than just the black goo and the gray goo, which I just mentioned, are interesting. Kind of like rainbow goo, if you will. You've got blue goo. Which is, uh, and I'm reading this off my phone, so forgive me if I'm a, a little slow here. Nanomachines used as protection against gray goo and other destructive nanomachines. We've established that gray goo is destructive, but the blue goo is there to offset the gray goo in this bullshit theory here. And I'm, when I say bullshit theory, I'm not saying that it's fake. I'm saying that it is uh, nonsense that this is even being attempted and, and thought of being a potential, like, you know, cure to the way that the world's going right now. Um, this is a recipe for disaster, this whole setup. Uh, anyone that's seen any kind of sci-fi movie with artificial intelligence, it always gets away from the people that created it. Um, but getting back to this, um, 
It's there to offer protection against Gregu and other destructive nanomachines, possibly even used for law enforcement. Nanarchy, it's called, okay? Maybe, I mean, we're getting a lot of programming here, too, with, like, Blue Lives Matter, the blue goo can potentially be fucking law enforcement in this whole weird transhumanist world. Okay, continuing with the definition of blue goo here. According to the entry in the jargon file, it's sometimes used to denote any form of benign nanotechnology in the environment. Interesting, right? That's that's blue goo. Golden goo is another member of the gray goo family of nanotechnology disaster scenarios. The, the idea here is to use nanomachines to filter gold from seawater. If this process got out of control, we would get piles of golden goo or the wizard's apprentice problem, uh, which is, that's a weird thing to refer to it as, the wizard's apprentice problem. This scenario demonstrates the need of keeping populations of self-replicating machines under control. It is much more likely than gray goo, but also manageable. Still doesn't sound very good. Uh, green goo is the next in our rainbow goos, right? The Even the freaking goo is uh, LGBT here, right? It's all, all inclusive. So the green goo, uh, nanomachines or bioengineered organisms used for population control of humans. Oh, good. Either by governments or ecto-terrorist groups. I mean, we'll leave that there. Uh, would most probably work by sterilizing people through otherwise harmless infections. Oh, like maybe a vaccine. Uh, see Nick, uh, see Nick Zabo's essay, Green Goo, Life in the Era of Human Genocide. Yes, this is all real stuff. Grey Goo, um, which we're most familiar with out of all of these, but still not. So this is Grey Goo. Self-replicating, uh, nanomachines spreading uncontrollably, building copies of themselves using all available material. This is commonly mentioned nanotechnology in the uh, in the nanotechnology disaster scenario, although it is rather unlikely due to energy constraints and elemental abundances. More probable disaster scenarios are the green goo, the golden goo, the red, and the khaki goo scenarios, which we haven't gotten into those last two, but we will. As a protection, blue goo has been proposed. Okay, blue goo is the uh, the one that's going to save us all. Now, khaki goo is uh, military nanotechnology. The khaki goo will be your military, where the blue goo will be police, okay? And this isn't some kooky shit. I feel like a psycho as I'm saying it out loud. I was just researching this before. Saying it out loud makes me sound crazy, but this is this is part of a transhumanist dictionary right here, okay? Pink goo, uh, humorous. Humans in all, uh, humans, I'm sorry, I don't know why it just says humorous there, um, but yeah, humans, an analogy with gray goo, pink goo, uh, to refer to an Old Testament apes who see their purpose as being fruitful and multiplying, filling up the cosmos with lots more such apes unmodified. Um, that's confusing. Does that make sense? I'll read it again. Uh, humans... Basically, are pink goo, according to this thing. Pink goo to refer to the Old Testament apes who see their purpose as being fruitful and multiplying, filling up the cosmos with lots more of these apes. Um, so I guess the pink goo would basically be us, 
according to to this thing. Now the last, uh, actually the second to last, because the last one's fun. Uh, the second to last one here is Red Goo. Deliberately designed and released destructive nanotechnology as opposed to accidentally created Grey Goo. Grey Goo is an accident. It's like a... Um, it's like an unwanted, uh, you know, side thing that happens, a consequence that happens with this nanotechnology. Okay, red goo is deliberately put there um, in order to cause a little chaos. So, is this the stuff that our German guy here is finding in nature? Is he finding elements of gray, green, blue? red pink is he finding this out in nature is this the stuff that they're referring to it's not clear but it's kind of interesting that this shit's all tied together with this guy's work and you just heard the guy speaking he sounds like he's kind of warning us about it but at the same time also pursuing the uh the research and um i guarantee most people haven't heard of the guy i including myself before this but we'll wrap up with the goo talk here with the last one uber goo okay uh, a related term to gray goo, used jokingly to refer to the mistaken idea that during the singularity, powerful technologies would decimate non-transhumanists and that some transhumanists would see this as desirable, which is clearly against the transhumanist principles. Supposedly the transhumanist principles, transhumanists live side by side with humanists and uh, everything's all peaceful. Sounds like bullshit, but, you know, it, it's a wild little uh, thing to find and uh, to get into there. But yeah, this whole Grey Goo theory, again, brought forward by Eric Drexler in his book back in 1986, Engines of Creation. I think that that's definitely something to check out. Um, but, you know, why is all this significant? Why am I talking about all these goos and how they fit in with the transhumanist agenda? It's because of the sentient world simulation, which was brought forward in a white paper by Purdue University back in 2006. And this white paper um, kind of proposes the idea of building a continuously running, continuously updated mirror model of the real world that can be used to predict and evaluate future events and courses of action. So it's kind of meant to be like a simulation where companies can use it, right? Militaries can use it. But of course, they take things too far all the time. They continuously run this thing. And it starts picking up on what the civilians are doing and what just random people, whether it be a businessman, uh, an entrepreneur in freaking Manhattan or uh, a damn, you know, uh, tribe in some, you know, foreign country. Right now, in 2009, the Pentagon actually funded this project and called it the Synthetic Environment for Analysis and Simulations. That C's that I mentioned, S-E-A-S. And it's now openly under control by the Homeland Security, U.S. Department of Defense, and DARPA. Uh, it's owned by a company called Simulex, S-I-M-U-L-E-X, Simulex, Inc. And Simulex is um, right up there with like the CIA. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting little situation. Also, Amazon, obviously. They don't mention NASA, Google, and um, Amazon, right? They don't mention these big tech companies, Facebook. Apple. They don't show how all of these things are incorporated. And also, when I get to the uh, the United Nations plan, right, they don't include them in this. All of these companies are part of this, but it is under the control of the Homeland Security and the DOD, along with DARPA, right? Now, you might remember, if you're a fan of the Mandela effect, 
That was first reported back in 2009 as well, okay? The Mandela Effect, right when the Pentagon started funding this SWS, now known as the SEAS, the same damn time, right around the same time, the Mandela Effect was first being pointed out. Did you think it was the Bernstein Bears? Bernstein Bears? You know, that was like right around that same damn time. That's when I graduated. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird little uh, little era of time from like 2009 to 2012, right? Everyone thought the world was going to end then, but I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting connection there, though, um, because when you start getting into like mind hacking and fucking with people's brains... The Mandela effect often pops into people's minds. So it's just another piece of evidence that I think supports the idea that this is very real and very harmful. And we're just seeing the the smallest little splinterings of reality here. We're not seeing it to its full extent yet. So um, hopefully we're not freaking too many people out here and it's just like something that we can try and not mobilize against. I don't know what we do at this point because it's already it's already in motion. Maybe this would just explain some of the weird shit that's going on like Joe Biden is president and Donald the whole Donald Trump thing and all the the craziness that there within that, right? Now, continuing with this short timeline that I have, in 2016, which was Obama's last year in office, it was openly stated that the SEAS, this new version of the simulation, can run real-time and accurate simulations in over 62 countries, both allies of the U.S. and enemies of the U.S., which, again, that's significant because the U.S. holds it, right? If some other country held this, we wouldn't like it as the United States government, right? But DARPA's always ahead of the curve by, I want to say, centuries, honestly, uh, but definitely decades. Um so yeah, both allies of the U.S. and enemies of the U.S., and uh, this is to help forecast climate changes, economic changes, military changes, societal changes, really any kind of change that can be going on, and the reactions of said nation's people to said changes. So if there's some sort of economic crisis, how will the people of this country react versus the people of this country? And all of this is very, very accurate, because they have now a one-to-one node uh, system. It's not just 62 countries. It's all the countries, and it's all the people in their own words. This is just back in 2016. We're in 2023, baby. This is way different now. And you know that technology like this just exponentially grows. So um, all this information that, that this thing gathers, that the SEAS gathers, is funneled to Homeland Security, the DOD, and DARPA, who jointly run this thing, And there's companies like Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, all these things all help feed data into it. So when you're thinking like, man, it's so convenient to order something from Amazon and get it to me like the next day with free shipping, like all that shit. There's a reason that these companies are able to do this stuff. There's a reason, even though the prices are going up so damn much, there's a reason Walmart's able to sell its food so cheap. There's a reason that Facebook is free and it makes so much damn money in the stock market, like, right? I mean, the, the stock has risen significantly since their initial public offering. Back in, I want to say, I, I don't have the numbers here, but it's like free. I think it was like 2014, 15, 16, something like that. Definitely before 16, but I want to say 2014, 2015, somewhere in that area. The stock's risen and um, 
they don't freaking charge for anything. I remember everyone, when that company came out, people were like, how the hell do they make money? They don't. It's a front. They make a little bit of money through advertising, but how many people they pay, their facility, that shit's all canceled out. It's a CIA front company, just like Google and Microsoft always were. But the technology wasn't in place when Bill Limp Dick Gates got Microsoft going with IBM servers, right? I mean, that this is a, a well-known story too. Technology, again, increases exponentially. So you can imagine what they've done since 2016. Um, and and we, we have. It, it's a one-to-one simulation with all of us present inside of this thing. Um, so, you know, with them helping gather the data, I would say that this is uh, those companies 100% are fascist. Our government is fascist because they help and they allow for this corporate government partnership to override the wills of people. This is fascism. It's digital fascism, and it's real-world fascism, right? You're going to hear me taking a lot of terms that you've heard and throwing digital before them because our world is moving into that digital sphere more and more. Um, the metaverse is, is obviously what this is, and that's another role that Facebook plays. But how did they get to the point where they're doing what they're doing with our data? It's because we've just fed it. We've fed this beast. And we're going to reap the benefits or the, the downfalls, really, of our actions. We, we, will, we will literally kill ourselves for convenience. And that's what we're doing. Doesn't matter who you're voting for. If, you, if you're a soy boy or if you're a fucking uh, whatever the opposite of a soy boy is, all of us are doing this. We're all guilty of this. And it sucks. I mean, it, how, do you, how do you really fix it? Um, cause I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I feed it too. We all do. Right. I'm not sitting here saying you guys are all bad and I'm great. No, I'm just trying to say, Hey, this system is set in place and it's pretty fucked. They're not using this, you know, technology and this kind of glimpse into our psyches as a way to help us. Obviously there might be some idiots out there that would try to justify, uh, what what the the DOD and the Homeland Security is, right? I mean, it's the same people that before Donald Trump was elected hated the CIA, and now for some reason they trust the CIA just because uh, do everything opposite of what Donald Trump says. Uh, he was a great chaos candidate. I just got to just leave that there for you guys. But the SEAS experiments heavily with psychological operations. This is a significant part about what, they do and what the technology there is used um, to strengthen is their their approach to psyops. Um, I mentioned that they help military leaders by developing and testing uh, multiple courses of action to anticipate these different um, you know behaviors of adversaries, neutrals, partners, all these different groups, right? Now, they'll also predict and evaluate future events. This is kind of like Event 201 and the other pandemic simulations that we've seen recently. They'll also help Fortune 500 companies with strategic planning in order to maximize profits. They'll help these companies make more money. Now, you see um, BlackRock's AI, Aladdin, that that does similar shit too, right? Um, Now, Aladdin really mostly helps BlackRock try and, you know, gain, gain some sort of upper hand because of this knowledge that it has. Thinking about that and now knowing a little bit more about like how this whole digital world mirrors our real world, how would bots 
like the Aladdin AI robot, how would that work if there wasn't a digital world for this thing to go off of? Because the future in our world hasn't happened yet, right? The future in this world that I'm talking to you in, right? This The, the future hasn't happened. You're, you're not able to predict what I'm saying unless there is a record of it, right? So if you were sitting here in the room with me as I'm recording this, you couldn't predict what I'm saying. But after I've produced the episode, posted it, you could skip to the end and you could see what I'm saying. And then you could go back and maybe something that I'm saying right now won't make as much sense or it'll be contradictory or whatever. But you wouldn't know that unless there was an actual like fingerprint of what I'm saying in the hour and a half or whatever is free for you people or you know, the two hours or whatever this ends up being for the Patreon subscribers, right? That's what's kind of interesting is that we knew that this AI technology was out there, but we didn't fully understand how they were able to predict the most profitable trades in the stock market. Well, now we do. It's because there is a digital world that Aladdin, BlackRock's AI, can gauge and say, this is going to happen because this is going to happen. Say... Uh, price of of commodity A goes up, so company A sells this this product, right? Their revenue is going to change because uh, commodity A changed as well, right? So it, I know that that's not I'm not you know the best economics uh, you know strategist or whatever. That's probably not the clearest explanation, but these these AI algorithms and these these whole uh, bots are able to predict so accurately what will happen because they have a real-world model in the digital metaverse, right? So it helps these companies with with planning and helps them maximize profit. Um, Non-kinetic aspects of combat as well uh, with with the military and things like diplomatic, economic, political infrastructure, um, whether it be strengthening, uh, those those aspects of society or whatever the case may be. Usually they use these things to benefit the people, again, but they don't. And sometimes some things go awry, too. Like sometimes you, uh, you like this Balenciaga campaign. How would a, a company like Balenciaga, unless it was a humiliation ritual, how would a company like Balenciaga botch an ad campaign the way that they did? They knew how people would react, but then again, we only reacted for a fucking week, Right? Is anyone talking about Balenciaga anymore? No, because there is this rat race of talking about what is new. And again, I'm guilty of it. I talked about uh, Damar Hamlin uh, having a heart attack on the field the way that he did right as it happened. I mean, minutes after it happened. I actually took down the episode. I felt kind of shitty. I felt like grimy posting that episode. Um, It kind of felt like I was capitalizing off of some unfortunate events. Now, that doesn't mean if there was a fucking nuke that was dropped somewhere uh, that I wouldn't talk about it if I wasn't included in the, uh, you know, death death toll there. Um, I would talk about it, as, obviously. But um, this stuff is just crazy that we are all caught up in this information age, especially as podcasters. We throw out information as soon as we hear it. Everyone talks about it for a week. And then it's on to the next thing, Right. There are some people that are passionate about certain topics and they stick with those things and they become subject matter experts. But most people, including myself, talk about whatever's hot, whatever is interesting. 
I try to find new things that are interesting that are not only interesting to me, but I think informative to me and informative to you. And I try and expand on those things and hopefully get other people talking. That's why I've started talking about these cosmos. That's why I talked about the Pilgrim Society before. That's why I talked about the Freemasons, which everyone talks about the Freemasons. So it's just, it's interesting. I know I'm kind of going on a tangent there, but it is, um, it is unfortunate, and I think that these people know in this simulation, I think that they know that our real world will act the same way as, as, as our beings, as our avatars in this simulation. Um, we're going to be, we're going to be caught up and freaking out over some news event for no more than a week, usually about 24 hours. That's why they call it the 24 hour news cycle. And that was something that was constructed in this digital metaverse avatar system, this SWS, this S E A S, whatever you want to call it. Um, your day to day life is basically constructed in this thing. And it sounds crazy. And it sounds like, well, how can you uh, say that you lean towards Christianity, but also give this theory and this idea? It goes beyond a theory to me. How you can give this any credit? Because this is satanic. This is a demonic thing. This is what has pushed me into believing that the Christian ideology is the right one. Uh, I'm not 100% there yet, but these people are very demonic, right? Another digital term that I've got for you is digital voodoo and digital witchcraft. That's what this is. Okay, I'll get more into that later. But um, everything that you say, everything that you do, everything you feel, everything you think, as long as you're near a smart device, right? Whether it's a um, a phone, a TV, right? Why do you think Roku's are so damn cheap, right? And they're simple too. They're convenient. If you are saying, doing, feeling, or thinking next to one of these devices your electrical signals from your brain are being picked up by these things. Why do you think that you can think something and then you'll see a damn ad for it? It's not coincidence. It is 100% real. Think in your head. Do this experiment if you don't believe me. Take 10 minutes, 15 minutes out of your day and think about a specific brand or product that you would never think about before, right? Think about it. It could be the most arbitrary thing. Don't look it up. Don't search anything that will, that will get you any ideas because then that ruins the experiment. Simply think something and you will get an ad on your computer or your phone. I guarantee you. I've done this many times and it, and it works every damn time. Um, and I'm not saying I'm a targeted individual. It'll work with you too. It'll work with every single one of us because these smart devices pick up the impulses and the signals from our brain's electricity and it feeds into these things. And I've got more proof about that at the end of the episode with the cell phone and, and how all this shit works. Um, and and what one thing I should point out too is from what I've researched, if they have your DNA, this process works, works in a much, much smoother way and it's much more accurate. So, you know, if you stuck the Q-tip up your nose uh, for your job or for whatever reason you may have had to, or you may have felt like you had to do that, that that DNA is being stored somewhere. That wasn't for this deadly ass virus with a 99.99 whatever survival rate, okay? Everyone had COVID. Not many people died from it. Not enough to fucking shut down the damn world, okay? Uh, so yeah, the, the DNA was collected at, at mass scale. So that was another phase and another ramping up of this demonic system. 
And I'm not mincing words when I say demonic. This is an evil fucking system that you can't even understand. It is absolutely diabolic. Absolutely fucking crazy. And there's this idea, too, of... Um, you know, I, I've been referring to them as uh, avatars, right? The avatar in this digital world. That's not exactly accurate. What the uh, DOD and what... Um, Homeland Security and DARPA call your avatar is your agent. And I've got some information on how these agents are defined. This is a quote um, from, uh, I believe, DARPA. I don't know the exact person. But it says, agents are distinct entities such as types of customers, suppliers, citizens, channels, and competitors. Agents can be used to model any group of people whose actions are important to the organization's outcome. So if it's, excuse me, if it's Home Depot, uh, Home Depot, which I guarantee is part of the system, would, uh, you know, take like lumber costs into effect and they would focus on home builders, landscapers, people that shop at Home Depot every day. And there are people that shop at Home Depot every day. They have like the pro accounts over at Lowe's, all that shit, which Lowe's obviously a competitor of Home Depot. We'll use Home Depot in this little example here. Um, so the agents of Home Depot would be the customers of Home Depot, okay? Um, agents can be used to model any group of people whose actions are important to the organization's outcome. The agents' behaviors, the landscapers' behaviors, are defined by actual data that demonstrates how the agents have acted in the past, Okay. SEAS incorporates genetic algorithms that allow the agents to react, the landscapers in this scenario, to react and learn from its own actions as well as actions by other agents or other landscapers in this, right? Because everyone kind of acts in a hive mind already. People in the same sector of work act similar. If the price of lumber falls, more lumber is used, right? It's economics 101. Um... It is, uh, it is through the combination of the continual actions and reactions of all the agents or the landscapers that produce a very real and lifelike environment that allows an organization, Home Depot in this case, to test different strategies and analyze the outcomes of executing those strategies, all in a simulated environment. So Home Depot can rise the price, raise the price of lumber or lower the price of their staff, and they will see how that pans out to the landscapers in this scenario or the home builders, okay? Very interesting, very precise shit. Now, back in 2009, again, the year that this really kicked off, um, PBS Nova reported, and really quick on PBS, okay? Not, not a long tangent I got to go on here, but PBS is a massive CIA-connected front company. Uh, so many Council on Foreign Relation members uh, in PBS, including the founder, Hartford Gunn, uh, Hartford Gunn Jr., actually. And just a massive, massive list of people involved in the CFR. You got Bill Moyers, um, just uh, so many people involved with the CIA and the Council on Foreign Relations. But PBS back in 2009 reported, quote, with the entire internet and thousands of databases for the brain, the device will be able to respond almost instantaneously to complex questions posed by intelligence analysts. As for more and more, I'm sorry, as more and more data is collected through phone calls, 
credit card receipts, uh, social networks like Facebook and MySpace. MySpace long gone. Uh, MySpace didn't want to play ball. That's why. Um, GPS tracks, cell phone geolocation, which is a very interesting term that I got to touch on really quick. Internet searches, Amazon book purchases, uh, even easy pass toll records. It may one day be possible to know not just where people are and what they're going to do, but how they think. Okay. Very interesting. Not, you know, customer A might be different than customer B. But they'll be able to know based on all the data that customer A and customer B have given into this diabolical system, how customer A will react differently than customer B to the rise in lumber prices. Okay, Uh, still sticking with our Home Depot uh, analogy there. Now, this geolocation thing that I mentioned, your cell phone geolocation. A lot of you know I used to work for Pepsi, Um, low level Pepsi worker. I wasn't like a board uh, member or an executive or anything. We used to operate off of geolocation. Uh, They would know if we were inside of a store because um, literally our phone would light up green, a button would light up green, and we could click and say that, yes, we are there. Um, Now, that evolved from a system where we used to take pictures of a barcode, and our phone would read that barcode and tell our boss, send our boss a message saying, employee A is at store B, okay? That evolved, which I, that's a that's a pretty complex system in itself, right? A phone and a camera having the technology within it to read a barcode and send that to somebody else. But there was assholes like me and many other employees that would take a picture with their personal phone of said barcode and use their work phone to take a picture off of their uh, personal phone of said barcode. So we could say that we're there and we're really not. Um Great system, to be honest. It was kind of nice. Uh, you get to sleep an extra 30 minutes or so. Um, so that that whole thing was was realized it could be fraudulent for uh, on behalf of the employee, not the corporation. The corporation always wins. They do this whole thing with the geolocation, and the geolocation technology is also used in this. It's not It's not just to target individuals. It can be used to target a specific area. Let's say a parking lot outside of a concert, or let's say a Travis Scott concert, okay? There can be this geolocation where this uh, 5G technology, the chemtrails, all the shit that I mentioned that our German friend up there, um, I forget his damn name. What is this guy's name? Let me scroll up here. I'm sure there's some people out there that remember because you just know uh, names and remember names so much better than I do. Harold Kautz Vela, right? This guy was talking about all this stuff being uh, very relevant in this whole system and how it how it all works. Um, if you're in a certain concert area and you start losing your shit and people start crushing each other, there could be something to be said that that area, that general square quarter mile is being targeted. And maybe some people aren't as prone to it because their DNA isn't in a fucking government database because they didn't stick a Q-tip up their nose or whatever. It's scary to think. And maybe it could go as far as taking the people that have stuck the Q-tip up their nose and sent it to some government database would target the people that didn't stick the Q-tip up their nose, right? Um, It's freaky. It's freaky to think. And the, the possibilities are endless. Once you just accept that this is real shit... 
the possibility possibilities really are endless here. Um, I'm sure it's not out of the question for you guys at all to believe like most of the the crazy outlandish shit here, right? You are conspiracy theorists after all, and I know that uh, hopefully I've built up a reputation of not just going balls deep into theories without at least checking on some of these things, right? And I'm sure that you've that you could easily believe that AI can decode your words and and uh, understand your thoughts and all this shit. But that's not good enough for me. I've got some proof here for you. Um, some tentative proof, at least. I mean, I think that they're more reliable than, um, you know, to the average person than I would be, right? Uh, you take someone off the street, you say, hey, uh, there's this article from Live Science saying this thing, uh, and then there's this uh, podcaster, it's a conspiracy show, Dangerous World, uh, you know, most people are going to believe live science. So l let me read an article to you. It's actually relatively short um, that talks about just this. The The title of the article written back in uh, January, sorry, January of 2019 um, on uh, Lives Science. Sorry. Uh, no, Live Science. I got it right the first time. Live Science. AI can now decode words directly from brainwaves. Okay, so this goes back to exactly what I was saying, okay, before I went on my little tangent about uh, <laughs> one of many tangents throughout this episode. But yes, this is um, a very interesting article, pretty short, should only be about, uh, well, with my shitty reading, probably about seven minutes or so. But um, let's get into this shit here, because it is uh, very, very interesting. So thank you, Live Science, for actually posting something that isn't supporting your scientism here says, neuroscientists are teaching computers to read words straight out of people's brains. Kelly Cervic, which is awfully close to Cervix, I'm being told. Kelly Cervic, writing for Science, reported this week on three papers posted to the preprint server BioRxiv, in which three different teams of researchers demonstrated that they could decode speech from recordings of neurons firing. Uh, fucking wild. Uh, it does not say that in the article, but it, that's fucking wild. In each study, electrodes placed directly on the brain recorded neural activity while brain surgery patients listened to speech or read words out loud. Then, researchers tried to figure out what the patients were hearing or saying. In each case, researchers were able to convert the brain's electrical activity into at least somewhat intelligible sound files. The first paper posted to BioRxiv on October 10th, 2018, describes an experiment in which researchers playing recordings of speech to patients with epilepsy who were in the middle of brain surgery, literally in the middle of brain surgery. The neural recordings uh, taken in the experiment had to be very detailed to be interrupted. Um, at the level of detail is of, uh, and the level of detail is available only during the rare circumstances when the brain is exposed to the air and electrodes are placed on it directly, such as in brain surgery. Um, there is in this link, which I will share for you guys, there is 3D images exploring the brain. Uh, very, very crazy shit that they show there. They'll put dye in people's brains and be able to map the brain out. So they are taking advantage of people that have brain cancer or some sort of brain issue where they need surgery on their fucking brains, 
and they're using that opportunity to further this agenda as well. So let's add that to a long, long, long list of reasons uh, why I hope that you never, uh, me included, that none of us <laughs> involved in this conversation here have um, ever have to have any kind of brain surgery. But getting back to this, um, as the patients listened to sound files, the researchers uh, recorded neurons firing in the parts of the patient's brains that process sound. The scientists tried a number of different methods for turning uh, that neuronal, neuronal, uh, turning that neuronal uh, firing data into speech and found that, quote, deep learning, which I mentioned last time, which is what fucking computers do, in which a computer tries to solve a problem more or less unsupervised, works best. When they played the results through a vocoder, 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 I don't know what that is, sorry, uh, which synthesizes human voices. I guess I should just fucking read the article instead of uh, saying things. So yeah, we'll go back to that. When they played the re uh, results through the vocoder, which synthesizes human voices, uh, for a group of 11 listeners, those individuals were able to correctly interpret the words 75% of the time. Okay, so using this technology and using deep learning, these researchers in this fucked up experiment taking advantage of, uh, you know, brain surgeon patients um, were able to accurately decode what they were thinking, what they were seeing, what they were listening to 75% of the time. You can listen to the audio from this experiment here. And there is uh, supposedly, is this link? I thought that I tried to click this link and it did not work. Okay, so there is a link here. I don't know. Um, I don't see any like audio, like where you can click play or anything. Um, but it does have an abstract where the auditory stimulus, uh, reconstruction is a technique, blah, blah, blah. It talks about all that. Uh, I do not see a play button. I think that you have to actually ask for permission to hear said recording. So that's a little bit of a tease. Uh, shit. It just reset where I was at. Sorry about that guys. Um, Patients in 75% of the time. Okay. Um, the second paper posted November 27th, 2018 relied on neural recordings from people undergoing surgery to remove brain tumors. As the patients read single syllable words out loud, the researchers recorded both the sounds coming out of the participant participants mouth and the neurons firing in the speech producing regions of their brain. Instead of training computers deeply on each patient, the researchers taught an artificial neural network to convert the neural recordings into audio, uh, showing that the results were at least reasonably intelligible and similar to the recordings made by the microphones. The audio from this experiment is here, but has to be downloaded as a zip file in parentheses there. Now, the third paper posted on August 9th, 2009, uh, 2018, excuse me, relied on recording uh, the part of the brain that converts specific words that a person decides to speak into muscle movements. While no recording from this experiment is available online, the researchers reported that they were able to reconstruct entire sentences, also recording during brain surgery on patients with epilepsy, and that people who listened to the sentences were able to correctly interpret them on a multiple-choice test out of 10 choices 83% of the time. That experiment's method relied on identifying the patterns involved in producing individual syllables rather than whole words. So it sounds like that 
experiment, the third one there, is a little more shoddy, okay, out of the three. Now, the goal in all these experiments is to one day make it possible for people who've lost the ability to speak due to uh, a morphotronic lateral sclerosis, I hope I didn't butcher that, or similar conditions to speak through a computer-to-brain interface. However, the science for that application isn't there yet. Yeah, of course, that's not why that is being worked on. It's clear at this point. Interpreting the neural patterns of a person just imagining speech is one uh, is is more complicated than interpreting the patterns of someone listening to or producing speech, science reported. However, the authors of the second paper said that interpreting the brain activity of someone imagining speech may be possible. It's also important to keep in mind that these are small studies. The first paper relied on data taken from just five patients, while the second looked at six patients. The third only looked at three, and none of the neural recordings lasted more than an hour. Still, the science is moving forward, and artificial speech devices hooked up directly to the brain seem like a real possibility at some point down the road. Yeah. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, yeah, motherfuckers over there at Live Science. If Live Science has access to this information, who and what kind of information does the government have? Uh, very, very interesting shit to me, though. Um... So yeah, again, my biggest concern there is that they're taking advantage of people that need procedures, that need some sort of surgery done, right? The second biggest concern, uh, maybe it might actually dwarf the first concern. It might just be that this technology is being used for computer-to-brain interface, right? That's the same way that Elon Musk is selling uh, Neuralink. Right. They say that like people that can't speak or people that like their their brain shut off their ability to walk because they got paralyzed. Paralyzed people will be able to walk again with Neuralink. They always sell you this really beautiful, you know, and the, the commercials. I can imagine the commercials for Neuralink right now. It's a fucking grandpa that, you know, his his conditions deteriorated to where he can't see his grandkids because grandkids get too upset and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets the chip installed in his head. And now grandpa's like a 15-year-old, 20-year-old kid again. You know what I mean? Able to run around and play with the grandkids, pick the grandkids up. Superhuman shit. That's not what it's going to be used for. That's not the end-all, be-all. There may be some good things that come from this in the short term. But it's not how it works out in the end, right? It's the same case with any drug user. There's temporary good effects you have that euphoria, you have that good feeling, you forget about your problems for 30 minutes to a couple hours, but it does a lot of harmful permanent shit to your body. So again, this is fucking witchcraft. This is absolutely witchcraft. Um, they don't call it that, they call it bio-coded directed energy. And I have a clip here for you as well, a shorter clip, and then we'll get into this longer Starlink video uh, pretty shortly here. Bio-coded directed energy is digital voodoo. That's what this is. Um, you, they can call it whatever they want. You can call it whatever you want, but this is what I, I believe that it is. And, and, um, we'll hear shortly. Um, and maybe you'll, you'll side with me on this, that this is actually some sort of digital voodoo. And it's very strange. And we kind of know that the elite, like the politicians, right? I mean, those aren't the top of the top, but the, at least these politicians and these highly connected people, they're attracted to these dark arts, right? They're attracted to voodoo and necromancy. I mean, just think about Bill Clinton. I, I did a, an entire episode um, 
on like the whole weird voodoo with uh, Aristide and uh, where the hell was it? Haiti and uh, you know the the chat that or not the chat but the speech that uh, the chat it is a chat realistically but the speech that Bill Clinton gave where he referenced Hillary Clinton talking with Eleanor Roosevelt in the Lincoln bedroom which you know Mary Todd was supposedly clairvoyant and all this shit as well. Uh, there's probably a reason that that bedroom is called the Lincoln bedroom. It's probably some sort of weird portal or, uh, where the veil is a little more thin. And, um, yeah, these people are, are absolutely completely obsessed with dark arts and with demonic shit like this. There was that, uh, voodoo commercial that, uh, Bill Clinton was in. Did I say Bill Gates before I meant Clinton? If I did, um, that Bill Clinton was in where it was like a voodoo thing. I think it was in Scotland. And it, it got banned, right? It was, uh, he fucking dies at the end. They don't show it, but completely inappropriate, even if it was like a, you know, a a, a good leader, right? A, and, and by all accounts at the time, Bill Clinton was a good leader, very charismatic, similar to Obama. Um, We just kind of know more about that whole family and their whole agenda. So it's kind of looked at differently upon people that at the time were calling him the best president that we'd ever had, right? Uh, brought the country out of a recession, uh, all this kind of great shit. It seemed like a, a solid, solid figure for president, and that was kind of like laying the groundwork for Hillary, who is just the most unlikable person ever, uh, to become president eventually. It just never worked out. So it, it's very interesting, very, very um, intricate, very... I mean, these people at the top, they all think very similarly. They identify as an R or a D but they all have the same intentions for us, and they all play their role uh, to keep us in this system forever, right? Even the dead people. They want to reanimate these people, which will be a future episode. They want to reanimate these people, and, the, uh, and including us, including anyone that took this vaccine with the luciferase, with these various different colored goos inside of them, right? They want to reanimate them and embalm them with psychedelics and all these other things, preserve the brain, and um and revive these things, revive these dead bodies, and they're not people anymore. Um, but they want us all part of the system for forever to be in this slave system so that they can live their, you know, cyborg lives for eternity. And we're just here serving them. We're feeding the battery, just like the uh, movie The Matrix, right? Um, where was I here? Um, oh, you know what? We will get into the World Economic Forum here shortly, too. I'm excited to talk to you guys about that one because there is an interesting aspect to that as well and how they are all into it. But I, I remember that we're talking about that because that's another group of people out there, elite in heavy quotes, the World Economic Forum, talking about controlling people, talking about hacking the human brain. And that's just one aspect of their cult. They don't have. They don't talk about in front of everybody. They don't talk about the the mutilation of children and the the total system that just takes advantage of poor people, of sick people, of weak people. It, it's it's a cult for them. It's feeding off of negative energy. It, it it really lends credence to the idea that there is some otherworldly entity out there that is controlling these people that control our realm. Right? Because like it or not. People like Bill Clinton, people like fucking uh, Hillary Clinton, people like George Soros, people like Donald Trump. These people have a significant amount of control 
over how we live our lives, right? I understand that they can't control how I live, right? There's people out there probably saying that as I say this. Bullshit, you know? When you when you want to go and break the law, why don't you, right? It's not it's not out of morals all the time. It's because there is rules in place. So that's what's unfortunate about this whole thing is that there's these really evil beings and these evil people that seem to be creating our morals for us in this realm. And it's very strange. Um, I think that if somebody does something really, really fucked up to, uh, to a child or something like that, there should be street justice. There should be hangings. There should be some brutal, brutal death for those people if it's provable. Um, but then we have this little thing called the justice system set up by these evil people that study law that make it so we can't do that, right? It's interesting. It's, um, it makes you wonder, like, you know, how, how laws get set up, what entities tell these people how to set laws and how to do things and blah, blah, blah. But think about that idea that you've actually got a digital voodoo doll out there, and they call it an agent. They don't call it the Avatar. The Avatar movie is just kind of like a fun way to get kids excited about that idea, and some very immature adults, too, because that movie sucked ass. Um, cool digital effects, but, I mean, get get the fuck out of here. I, I like a story, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> these individual digital voodoo dolls known as agents are out there and they are in some sphere. And and I hope that yours is at least being ignored because uh, they're not treating yours well. They're not uh, doing anything nice to your agent, so to speak. Um, unless you're somebody at the top, unless you're somebody like the Clintons, like the uh, people that fall in line and carry out these these agendas for them. I think even the idiots out there that are saying that, uh, you know, the vaccine's good, even though they have nothing to do and they have no knowledge of anything medical, right? Not saying I do, but like people that are out there that have just no knowledge of anything and they just virtue signal 24-7. Those people aren't part of the system as much as they want to be. Their, their agent, best case scenario, is being ignored, Right. They're not being propped up in this digital system, and they never will be because there is nothing that these people hate more than you virtue signalers. They hate me. They hate They hate everyone like me that fights and, and talks about what actually should be going on and, and the way that things should be in a morally just world uh, and stand up a little bit, the little bit that we actually can, stand up to... Um, you know, entities like the, the CFR and some of these groups that I've been mentioning here, companies like Amazon and Google and Facebook, um, the CIA, right? Which, again, it's laughable that these people that hated the CIA just five, six, seven years ago love it now because they, they don't like Trump so much. And the FBI, right? And the I mean, it's just, it's fucking, it's a joke. And you people are jokes that virtue signal 24-7. I'm sure none of you idiots listen to my show because... Uh, this isn't the first time that I've called you guys stupid, but you know, it, it's, um, we find ourselves in a crazy, crazy situation here. And we find ourselves in a time where they tell us by 2025, a lot of this shit is going to be enacted. A lot of the stuff is going to be in place. Um, the, the, uh, Neuralink stuff is supposed to be up by 2025. That Deagle report that talks about all these people dying, uh, the population of the United States dropping significantly, and the world for that matter. 
population all dying by 2025. What's going on in 2024 that will make all that stuff a possibility? I don't know. But when it comes to these digital voodoo dolls, these agents, I believe that these things are all being controlled by the Antichrist, in, in my opinion. Now, before you freak out and start saying, oh, Ryan's starting to get all super Christian and that might alienate some of you guys out there. I don't care if it does. I actually do uh, every day. I lean more and more towards Christianity. But this Antichrist idea is not a human being. It's not a person. I actually believe, in my, in my humble opinion, I think that, that artificial intelligence is the Antichrist. I don't think it's Greta Thunberg. I don't think it's Elon Musk, even though a case could be made that he is, is part of it. I don't think it's Mark Zuckerberg. I think it's artificial intelligence. And I think that these agents of all of us are in that system already. And I do kind of, that, that would also kind of lend credence to the idea that if you, if you took the vaccine, if you shoved Q-tips up your nose and you gave them your DNA like that, that you're already selling out and that you're already turning your back on the creator. Whatever you think the creator is, I think that we could agree that the creator would probably be something good. It'd be a good entity that created us, right? And there's some evil entity, there's some dark entity, some bad entity out there that wants to destroy us and corrupt us. And it's winning right now. It's winning in the short term. I know if you're leaning towards Christianity or if you are a full-blown Christian or whatever, good wins in the end. I mean, I hope that the good steps in at some fucking point because it's getting pretty pretty dark here. Um, and if you're looking for like a, a happy ending, you're not going to get it here. I'm not trying to push fear porn, you know that, but with with Neuralink and Starlink, both created by the same guy, you're creating brains, neuro, right? You're creating our brains to the stars with Neuralink and with Starlink. That's what Starlink is. Starlink isn't super fast, sick internet where you can just like download the craziest shit and have perfect streaming and all that shit. We already have that. Okay. The only reason that this technology ever gets worse is because they themselves, the creators of it, the same people that create the, the current version want you to subscribe and buy the new version. So they artificially make the current version shitty so that you, you buy into it, right? You know, who creates the most freaking viruses out there for Microsoft computers, Microsoft, it's the same idea. So there's no reason to have any faster internet. Um, linking our minds with the stars is terrifying. And that's what they're doing. And I think that they're trying to connect our consciousness as a, as a human race. Once they connect it all together in a hive mind situation, which we're close. Once our hive mind is connected, they'll connect that to these fallen angels that that the bible talk that every fucking religion talks about okay starlink is the fallen angels neuralink is archive mind that that's going to be what's up guys i get into a uh, nice little starlink video here talk about that a bit and we talk about the united nations global goals project and what that has to do with creating the hive mind bringing that to reality and then wrap up with a uh, cell phone study, a series of cell phone studies, actually, that um, helps prove that these little gadgets in your pocket help control your brain. Check out the rest of the episode over at patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. Thanks, guys.
Thailand, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.